0: Greetings, Troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house, on the line with my co-host, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny.
1: Hey, man. What's going on with you?
0: Well, I've had a very exciting week, Manny. You'll never predict uh, what, what, what my week entailed.
1: You had a $10 scratcher?
0: Uh, no, no, it's more exciting than that. Well, it, it it turns out when we recorded the last episode, I I had woken up that morning and just sitting up in bed, it felt like I'd been tackled the day before by a, a NFL linebacker. My my ribs were a little sore. I had a slight cough and a um. slight. Uh, loss of breath, you know, it's, and, and and I was thinking, well, geez, that's weird, man. Is this like, Uh, you know, I I had the vaccine like, uh, 10 days before that. And I thought, is this some kind of like little rebound, uh, um, you know, effect from the vaccine or something. So I just kind of watched it for a few days and the, uh, the cough kind of went away. The, the, uh, the muscle soreness went away, but I still had the breath thing. It's like, okay, well, that's weird. So then, uh, you know, a few more days go by. I actually have a gig on, on that Sunday, get up and play this, this, uh, two hour set. I'm playing, singing back up, you know, it's an outdoor gig. It's uh, exerting a lot of energy, but I still could feel like something wrong with my breath, you know? So, uh, uh well, besides that, um, mm-hmm. So so then on on Monday, I I call the the Troubled Men podcast staff physician's office, and they said, well, uh, yes, we can give you an appointment in May. I thought, well, I don't know. I think it might be something more urgent than that. Uh, So I said, well, okay, you can see the physician's assistant tomorrow. So, okay, I go in on Tuesday. Guy listens to my chest. He goes, yeah, why don't you go get a chest X-ray? So I go, you know, across to Toro and get a chest X-ray. I drive home. Soon as I get home, he calls me up. He goes, "Hey man, you have a collapsed lung." No, really? Okay. Well, you know, I had one like 20 years ago, and and uh, never had any recurrence of it until just until uh, you you got the
1: shot, right?
0: Well, I mean, no, it was it was a week after the shot, but it it, did. You know, I have a, a. a condition where I have like little blisters on my lungs and you know they they expected that once the first one had gone that another one might have popped but it took 20 years before that happened again so so I said okay go over to uh, Toro emergency room check yourself in tell them you know you have a collapsed lung so I'm home so the first thing I now having done this before I know the remedy is they put you in a hospital they shove a chest tube through your ribs they hook it to a vacuum pump, and uh, you, they keep you there for three or four days, tied to the hospital bed. So I thought, well, Jesus Christ, okay, I got to finish this one podcast, and I got another one booked for Thursday. This is on Tuesday, so first thing I do is I pack up all the uh, my computer and all the podcast recording equipment into my backpack because I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be conducting this uh, episode on Thursday from my hospital bed. So uh, I took a shower and went over there and and uh, checked in, you know, and and they, they put me in triage there in the, the emergency room, and they're all gathering around me going, oh, okay, we're going to have a chest tube here, chest tube, chest tube. And I mean, yeah, that's what's going to happen, you know. Um, now, I never was really short of breath. Apparently, I have really long lungs, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but, uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm long-waisted, so it's... Uh, but I mean, I could feel something was going on, but I never felt in distress, you know. Um, so uh, as i'm I'm waiting to uh, to get the chest tube put in, the ER doctor comes back and goes, "Hey, man, I'm talking to this pulmonologist, and uh, he's saying, since this thing happened four or five days ago that that uh, blisters on your lung has probably healed up already. so uh you know I've never seen this done but he says that we could probably just pull all that air out of your chest cavity with a needle and uh if that works you know we'll take a, a, a x-ray of the lung and uh if it if it's reinflated then we'll wait for an hour and take another x-ray if that looks good then we'll send you home and I'm like he goes you want to do that I'm like fuck yeah man <laughs> you know what do we have to lose so uh, so they say. Okay, good. That's what I think too. So so the guy comes in, another doctor, Doctor Beck. He's a genius. He's got uh, you know kind of a alt right haircut, uh, but uh, he's a real crackerjack. And, and he he uh, proceeds to give me a little uh, you know topical anesthetic there in the spot and local anesthetic has me lay on my side and then he shoves a, uh, a needle into my, uh, my, my side into my, my, uh, my chest cavity and pulls all the air that's leaked from my lung into that cavity, pulls it out through, uh, through the needle. And, uh, and they proceed to give me those, those, uh, x-rays. And I said, yeah, you're fine. You can go. So instead of having to spend three days in the hospital or four days, I, uh, Actually, spent about three and a half hours in the hospital, and uh, you know, just kind of recuperated yesterday, and here I am back in the safe house.
1: I'm sorry, Renee, I wasn't listening. What'd you say?
0: Yeah, that's okay, Manny. <laughs> we we have it all on tape. You can uh, you can you can uh, you can you can listen to it on, the, on, the, on the replay. But uh, anyway, the the well, you the, said uh, it was an
1: exciting story. It Doesn't sound too exciting. I thought they were going to come into your room and say April Fools. Or something like uh, that, you know. Well, it's, but, it's uh, exciting
0: that I thought I was going to be in the hospital and, and
1: uh, you know. But the, did your the, family come to be? It doesn't sound like your family was there. Were they there with you?
0: Well, my wife dropped me off. Now, they don't let you go. They don't let any family members go in the back of the triage area of uh, of the emergency room. Because um, really, they the whole time, they thought they're just about to do surgery on me. You know, they're going to come in and shove this chest tube through through my ribs. Um so no but uh you know I was in contact with him you know I had the, the cell phone and all and I talked to my son I talked to my daughter and and uh you know my mother and and everything and
1: and uh Did you talk to your father though because I know your father's a big deal for you did you talk to him
0: Um you know I the, I, I didn't I I inadvertently wound up talking to my father because uh, when I called my mother she was in the shower on one of those occasions so then he called me back and uh, so I did speak to him for a minute. He's my father's not big on the phone these days. He's not a big talker. Did he on the tell phone, you right?
1: he loved you though?
0: He never does, man. He yeah, no. That's, that's, that's not, uh, yeah. No, it's you know every Father's Day goes, Dad, I love you, and he goes, Thank you. No, that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's the standard answer. It's never, I love you too. No, it's a, it's a different generation, you know. But uh, but that's okay. I, I'm I'm assuming that he does. You know, I don't know.
1: So that means you're alive, right? You're I'm You're alive. all right. Yeah. I'm alive. Oh, okay. I'm a, you know, I, uh, I, I, I can I can't believe how dedicated you are to this show. You you brought all your equipment to, to, to work on the show and stuff like that. That's, that's dedication, man. Well, I got, I got to give you props for that.
0: Well, yeah. and then, then at the, at the very end, the, uh, you know, our staff physician comes in and he goes, he's, I'm laying there in bed and he goes, uh, so going to give you a chest tube, huh? And I said, no, they, and he goes, what? I said, no, they, they did this other thing. He goes, really? And he goes, man, I was all ready to sign the admit papers to, to, you know, have you in a room. I said, no, no. He was, he
1: was looking for that money, man. That's what he was looking for. (laughs) Yeah. He was looking for that money. Maybe. But uh, so
0: so then the, uh, no, he's a sweetheart. He's, he's a prince. So then the, uh, yeah, they're all princes
1: until you get the bill the uh
0: the well he wasn't didn't even need to be there he didn't wasn't making rounds until the next morning i figured well i'll see him in the hospital but he actually made a special effort um you know because of his association with the troubled men podcast and our our long-standing uh you know uh relationship
2: he's not just a
0: doctor is he no, well, you know, you know,
1: Carlo, look. He plays Carlo. one on TV too, Carlo.
0: Carlo, you would you would know this. Uh, you would know of this guy like, you know, everybody's connected in New Orleans. This is Charlie Achipenti's uh nephew. Oh,
1: so
2: wow. You,
0: you remember the drummer Charlie Achipenti, right?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, so
0: this is his nephew. And he, and I and when I first got him, I said, "Are you related to Charlie Achipenti?" He said, "That's my favorite uncle." Yeah, yeah. So, So, yeah, he was there. And uh, and and then when I said that I would brought all the equipment and he's um, talking to the ER doctor and him about how he how uh, he shows up on the podcast from time to time. And the guy's like, oh, man, you could be doing a podcast from right here. I'm like, well, we have one scheduled for Thursday. No, I'm not. You know, it's uh, (laughs) everybody wants to get in on the act. You know, man, you know, it's uh, even the doctors want to be in showbiz yeah so anyway so that's my that's my big news for the week uh, how are you
1: i i'm uh well i'm very tired i'm just very tired uh i'm tired of uh, they keep telling me that i'm a i'm a i'm essential that i have to be at work because i'm essential and i keep thinking to myself i don't want to be essential i have no desire to be essential why do i want to be essential What could be be gained for me by being essential?
2: I I didn't know scrubbing the elephants was uh, considered (laughs) an essential job. It is
1: essential, man. You know, it's like being responsible. Who wants to be responsible? I don't want to be responsible. I I think being essential
0: would get you closer to the front of the line in terms of getting a vaccine if you wanted one. I know that's not something you want. but
1: I don't want to be in front of the line for anything. Okay. i don't want to be responsible i don't want to be essential you know unless it's a porno film i want to be essential you know okay. that's, the only, that's the only thing i want to be essential about
0: makes sense yeah uh, then that's too bad
1: <laughs> it's too bad for me yeah cause Cause, right, it's yeah. not
0: in the cards is that your point
3: <laughs> okay well i i uh i uh,
1: i have uh, you know speaking of hospitals renee uh-huh. You were in the hospital with right. your fake with your fake dosage or whatever it is. Your fake <laughs> illness, your fake.: <laughs> illness. Sure. your fake
0: <laughs> illness.
2: You know. Um, um,
1: uh, you know, charity hospital, which was the, uh, uh, the big hospital down here, it was a hospital for everyone. Right? Poor, rich, black, yes. white, gay. The
0: best place to go if you, if you got shot. You know, if you could be the richest person in the world, that had that was the best trauma center in the city.
1: Right, that's what I heard. Yeah, but uh, apparently, you know, it, it's got to uh, The the big university down here, Tulane, has bought it. They're, they're going to make it into uh, offices and stuff like that. Well,
0: that's good. That's a hell of a building, man. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, structure.
1: Well, I think they're tearing it down. I don't think. Uh, keep well, it down. of course
0: <laughs> they are. Of yeah. course they are.
1: But they had. Uh, <laughs> you could go last weekend while you were uh, faking your illness last uh-huh. weekend. You could go to Charity and buy a piece of history of Charity. Huh. Okay. You could go there and buy a piece of history. And I've only been there twice, and it was when a uh, uh, one of our good friends. I don't know if you know him that well, but he's a good friend of mine. He's a Troubled Man listener, uh, Mr. Robert Rothman. Uh,
0: I, I know of Robert Rothman.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he was born with a lazy eye, so he <laughs> always looks fucked up. Okay. And on his license, he's got like a little asterisk that says, I was born with a lazy eye. That's why I look this way. So <laughs> he can drink and drive and do as much drugs as he wants.
0: That's handy, man.
1: Oh, that's yeah. very handy, man. <laughs> but anyway, it didn't help him uh, one day, uh, one night leaving the circle board at 4 a.m. Okay. He, well. he ran into a, uh, uh, a tree or a pole or another car and something. somebody hit him, and he was rushed to Charity Hospital. Hmm. And uh, I went to go visit him at Charity. It was my first time going to Charity okay. Hospital. And um, it was a horrible place. I mean it was just awful. The place was awful. So um I mean, it was torn down I mean it was run down, it was just the paint peeling and you know, there was just people, you know, in the hallways, you know, it was it was like that hallway and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, where there's all these right. <laughs> fucking nuts sitting there and the and the big shock therapy guy walks through and everyone clears away, you know. Right. It was it was awful and uh so when I
2: I've been on the fourth floor there. What goes on in the fourth floor? The fourth floor is when you walk through the door, it locks behind you.
1: Okay. And uh, how did you get out?
2: Well, you know, uh, there there were a couple of things.
1: You paid your bail?
2: (laughs) There were a couple of things. I was like, why are you taking my shoestrings <laughs> oh and they're like well we we don't know if you'll hurt yourself and i said man i weigh 250 pounds you, th- you think your shoestring is gonna hold me to a beam right, no, right it's not gonna happen
1: well also it's funny they did that because you wear flip-flops
2: oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the bright orange ones
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so to make a long story short, I went back to charity this past weekend and uh to buy a piece of their history and I bought uh twelve rats i okay. bought this cage full of rats that they you know that you know that they All were right. there so uh I have these rats mm-hmm. and uh my my wife and daughter's blind cat is having so much fun with these rats, you know
0: really so that your cat can handle the, those those rats even Oh uh, yeah the
2: cat has
1: a, those sensors you know those uh, whiskers can sense uh, other animals and stuff like that. Did, right. did
2: they give you a document of their lineage?
1: Yeah exactly they did I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up they did give me a document of their lineage. They were born in the late 80s <laughs> Wow
0: well, I got some history on them.
1: Yeah they were born it, it was uh, I don't know what they call a... Uh, 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 a bunch of a litter of rats. I don't think they call them litter, or puppies or something like that. A pack. A, I don't know. A pack, yeah, pack. Maybe a rat pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> might
2: call them that. But, you uh, should know that, Manny. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I should exactly. Uh, but they were born in the late '80s. They couldn't give me an exact date. And to uh, to a person named uh, uh, Becky Davis. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow,
0: that's a surprise <laughs> term there.
1: Yeah. Um, and who gave them up? <clears throat> who gave them up for her career and um selfish <laughs> yeah and um that's pretty much all i know and uh hmm. and but it's sad to see that building go down but uh, you know history it's even sad it. to
2: see the rats have to leave their home yeah exactly yeah. you know so and coming
0: naming these uh these rodents manny are you, uh, are you
1: completely... well the real annoying one is named renee Okay,
2: makes uh, sense. Makes sense. They, they came chipped.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> the other one is Renee two, three, four, and five, six, seven, and eight, nine, 10, and 11, 12. Uh,
2: it seems like it's going to be confusing, Manny. But just uh, like a,
1: just like George Foreman names his kids.
2: So okay. maybe it's okay. not a pack of rats. It's a dozen rats.
1: It's a dozen rats. There you, rats. Go. There you okay. go. You know, it's it's not the dirty dozen or uh, the. Uh,
2: oh, they're dirty. Yeah,
3: yeah, they're <laughs> oh, yeah, dirty. They're, yeah,
1: um, I was going to leave, I was going to, you know, once the quarter <laughs> reopens big time, I was going to just set them free because they probably need to go back there, you know.
2: And, and the quarter rats are suffering right now. Exactly.
1: So maybe the quarter rats could feed on these rats.
2: These guys, Okay. You know. They're
1: hungry anyway, enough. Can't yeah, they're hungry enough. But did you hear that, um, uh, that uh, the St. Patrick's Day parades have been canceled once sure. again? Sure, and that's okay with me. Right. But of course, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do porch floats. They're oh yeah, do the porch floats. And,
0: I told uh, you those. As soon as I saw that first iteration yeah. of them, I knew. Oh brother, it was, it here was we here go. To stay.
1: Yeah, It was here to stay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm glad I, you know, I have a very small porch. I'm not doing it. I don't you really
2: know. You know, back to the Bourbon Street rats, Do you, you know that some of these rats must live in garbage cans and they drink the leftover booze from the cups. Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt bad for them when COVID first hit and they shut it all down. And I mean, these poor guys were kicking on the street.
0: Right. You know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, was, it was just horrible. Cold turkey, man. Cold turkey. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like a lot of us. Uh, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. don't know what you mean.
1: I mean, we've heard of
0: that You know, we've we've known people who have had to go through Right, now you're you're hidden
1: There you go Well, listen, Renee, let's introduce this cat Because he's been on the show before And nobody liked him then So let's (laughs) get him on again
0: Okay, right on, right on Well, uh, so, you know, on the Troublemen podcast There are certain names that come up over and over again You know, you hear Kelly Keller, Keith Keller Satan uh, Satan, Alex Chilton, Flea, and the Chili Peppers. But but no one comes up as much as our next guest. He's he's one of the first guests we had on the show. He's way back on uh, episode 28. might have been our first guest. Um, so he's back for round two. He's a New Orleans native, terrific drummer, engineer, singer, producer, instigator, troubled man himself. Uh, he's been in many great bands, Continental Drifters, Royal Fingerball, Benny Grunch and the Bunch, Lulu and the Broad Sides. Anyway, two free stooges, two free yeah. stooges, Glenn Styler. So without further ado, Mr. Carlo Nucio. Welcome back, Carlo.
2: Hello. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Good to have you back. <laughs> Hello.
0: Hey, Hello. buddy.
1: What's happening with you? Uh,
2: man, you know, it's been an interesting day. It's been an interesting day. I was uh, recently diagnosed with hemochromatosis. Mm. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's an excess of iron in your blood. Wow. Oh, God. And, uh, and the only way to get rid of it is once a week. I go Masturbate? A di- no, I, I no. wish it was that easy. Well, that's daily, but that's just <laughs> oh,
0: maintenance. But uh,
2: anyway, back to the blood. But, but once a week, I go to a blood bank and I have a bloodletting. Of a oh. pint of Holy blood. Cow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, I've been begging to use leeches lately. You know, it's, uh-huh. it seems a lot more passive, but no, they right. got to draw it. And and today being a uh, property tax day, I had a bilking and a milking in the same day. <laughs> so, okay. So All right. It, you know, it, it was kind of an interesting day. So. so the
1: blood they take from you to help you with this. Uh, Your problem, can they give that blood to someone else or is it just thrown away?
2: Manny, would you want my blood? Well, no, (laughs) no, of course
1: not. I've seen seen you. Hey, Carla, I've seen you spit up blood before. it's, (laughs) It's
2: It's totally useless. You know, that came and went with the hepatitis, you know, so... No, it's it's totally useless. So all they gotta do is put it in the bag and then you know figure out somebody's lawn to throw it on when they leave work. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> now let me ask what type what type blood are you? Are you A B C whatever it is? What is? Well, it? I
2: can tell you this: I'm the red type, Manny. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I know.
1: But, but are you like both my wife and daughter have that blood type where? Um, oh. You're right. your type O?
2: No, that's the type no, you're no, trying you're to think of. are
1: saying the
0: universal do- donor, we're getting ahead of you. Is that what you're saying there? Uh, no,
2: double R and H negative, oh, <laughs> God. which is actually a blood type, but that's not me. I'm B. Okay,
1: okay. you're B, because oh, my God. wife and daughter are that type where – they uh uh can't, they can give blood, but they can't receive blood. right oh. there's a
2: lot of people like that, and, yeah. and you see when you know when I because I'm type B, when they told me I had hepatitis B, I said, "Does it cancel out?" <laughs> <laughs> of course they said no <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: well, you've mm-hmm. always you know well, you're a vampire in many ways, you know uh, I've always thought of you as a vampire creature of the night. And well i I'm sorry about this uh, so uh, so is there medication you can take for this, or you just have to get blood
2: No, no you get a bloodletting, and when it gets to a manageable number, then you're going like once a month and once every two months, but I think uh every two months will be the as good as it gets for me, manny, wow, you know, yeah. Yeah. wow. yeah well, you know if i if I hadn't beefeated my liver <laughs> into
1: oblivion,
2: <laughs> perhaps I'd be okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, I understand that totally. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I know so, you do. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There,
0: there's a price to be paid, Carlo, but you know, it's, it's it all balances out. I mean, would you really have rather, you know, not had all those good times? You know, would I don't know. Well,
2: it's, you know, it, it was it was there were really good times, but at the end, it was like a room at my mother's house with a cigarette cigarette burn about every inch apart, you know, and. Me all alone with a spoon and a tinfoil, and I don't look anymore to them as good times. uh, I was about to say good times. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, at the end, it got rough. It got rough at the end. Yeah, it got
2: a little more than rough, yeah. Right, 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 right.
1: Well, your mom seemed to enjoy it, I thought. If I remember correctly, your mom seemed to enjoy it.
2: Yeah, she enjoyed it. Yeah, she enjoyed it all right. Ma, can I can I go with you to get groceries and maybe you can give me a twenty uh, <laughs> for bagging them up real nice? <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, but I think of all the years
0: before that. That was you know that's uh, you know back in back in L.A. the glory days. You know, it's a, you, you had a good run there, Carl. Oh
2: yeah, I had a great run. I, it, it's still going
0: on. It's oh,
1: still yeah. happening. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, good times. Uh, I remember good times back in L.A. I do. I do remember good times. Right. And it, it all gets rough after a while. So what are you going to do? You know, it's it's youth. It's being stupid. It's being young. It's, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's those people you hang out with, Carlo. You got to watch who you hang out with, Carlo. You know, yes. yeah.
0: traces back to Manny Chevrolet in, yeah. in, uh, in L.A. He's, he he blames you, Manny.
2: And he, <laughs> here's a little. Here's a little tip for the mothers: when your son is acting like a total lunatic, don't look at him and say that's because you're on that dope. Because as I used to have to remind my mother, "No, Mom, I'm fine when I'm on the dope." This is what I act like when I don't have the dope, <laughs> right,
0: right? Right? That's that's yeah, yeah. Which came first, you know? Yeah, the, yeah I, was, right. I was nuts before I started trying to self-medicate. You know, the <laughs> right. the, the, the dope is not the is not the cause; it's the cure. You know, I yeah, mean, it, right. it, it it works until it doesn't work. Yeah,
1: exactly. Sammy Davis Jr. said when when the reporter asked him, "How does it feel being clean and sober?" and he said well you know, I, you know you wake up every morning that's the that's as well as you're going to be for the rest of the day that's how i feel you know it's like uh, i don't get it you know i don't want it you know but you're, sammy you're going to
0: wake up in a little bit of a hole so you can that you can work your way out of you you right, exactly. look
2: forward to yeah well yeah, yeah that's
1: what sammy meant he was just right. like this is how as good as i'm going to feel for the rest of the day well, I don't think this at all, man, you know.
2: <laughs> like like my old, my old buddy Billy Brimner said once in referencing Dwight Yoakam, he said, you know, it's awful, Carlo. He wakes up and goes to sleep in the same state every day. I said, maybe he's afraid of travel.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, a little agoraphobic there.
1: Yeah. So, Carlo, what's been going on with you now with this shutdown for the past year? What have you been doing as a musician as a character, as an actor, as a writer, what have you been up to?
2: Well, you know, there's been there's been some um, marginal work in the music front, which is like, you know, uh, those what do they call them? Virtual concerts. Live
0: stream, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, which um, which w- oddly enough, I was a member of "Musicians Should Be Heard, and Not Seen" years ago. And I was a diligent dues payer because I hated MTV, and so here I am now with a camera pointed at me, which uh, <laughs> makes me angry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Um, I kind of kind of shy away from them when I can, but um, you know, Dana Kirch is in town. She wants to do some, and I'm like, you know, whatever y'all decide, man, just just let me know. Right. You yeah, know. I'm open that day
0: You and I actually played a live gig uh, Early on uh, in the And whenever that was, the summertime Or something, we, we did that gig uh, With Tommy Malone
2: Yeah, and I, I always it's feel fun. like I'm watching Marathon Man You know
1: <laughs>
2: Is it safe?
1: Is it safe, yes, exactly That's the only right. thing we
2: ask, is it safe? Right, right I got this gig, is it safe? You know and then they pull out the drills and everything goes to hell. Yeah, yeah, it's, it yeah. takes an ugly turn. Yeah.
0: Well, well, so Carlo, you know, we we, we had a, uh, you know, we had some guests on recently who have who talked about the uh the Continental Drifters, you know, former bandmates of yours in the Continental Drifters, Correct. and uh after having these episodes, uh, a listener wrote in and said you know, you've had these people on who and mentioned this this epic journey from L.A. to New Orleans and back that the Continental Drifters uh, did, and I've, people have referred to it, but no one has really told the story. And in fact, you should have Carlo on to tell the story because he tells the story the best, and he can imitate everybody on the on the uh, on the trip. And I said, "Well, that's a really good idea." So, so you know, I approached you, and uh, you know, we're making dreams come true here in the troubled nation. So, well, uh, the only problem
1: with that, Renee, will Carlo remember those well, days? I, I he was,
2: oh, okay. this you cannot forget, man. Okay,
0: okay, all <laughs> <You laughs> right.
2: You will know. As as it materializes that you cannot possibly forget the events of this
1: trip. Even in the condition you were in, you can't?
2: Uh, actually, uh, at that point, I left L.A. like some week before, so I think I dried out by the time I was making it back. So okay. it was just my normal, miserable self okay. at that
0: point. <laughs> Lucky for everybody else on the trip. Oh, um, yeah. So uh so you wanna set this up for us? This is a good time to to
2: launch into that? Uh well sure. Sure. That's you know, that's what we're gonna do. Right on. Uh, okay. Um So the Continental
0: Drifters, you give us some back we've talked about it, but you know, it's it's the that that first lineup and go go tell us the players and uh yeah. Like paint yeah a okay. For
2: us. Not everybody was on this particular ride back. Um, as Peter put it, you know, he was he was on a plane licking his wounds. Peter Halls Apple. Yeah, yes. that's correct. Peter Halls Apple. And uh, Ray show was working for Bill Gates at the time, so he had to fly back to his big office in the sky. Um, okay. So the players on it, which is somebody who was not a Continental Drifter. Was Dave catching. And the way that happened was he came over to my house one day. Oh, man, y'all are going to New Orleans. I got to come. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll ask the band, Dave. Oh, man, you got to get me on that. I'll help drive. I'll do anything. So Dave was on the RV, and this is the ride home. Dave catching
0: is in every story. He's, he shows up he, somewhere in every <laughs> story on this podcast. Anyway, but uh, you so know, he's I, in I'm this st- one as
2: well. I'm starting to think when you got energy, the way you stay awake longer than you sleep, unlike me... That you you can be everywhere at the same time. It's just crazy. (laughs) It's crazy, you know. It's like you know, you turn on the TV and you see him on stage in France, and then the guns start shooting, you know, which is a whole other story.
1: Oh yeah, (laughs)
0: no kidding,
2: man. Yeah, he's everywhere.
1: Dave was just in a LA Times story that I read over the weekend in the Sunday. You see what I mean?
2: Yeah, he was, was, and he was probably in New York at the time. um, You see what I mean? He's everywhere.
1: Right. right, Yeah. it talked about um well never mind go ahead
2: okay so it was dave catching vicky peterson susan cowsill our um first guitar player uh even bef- well came the same, came simultaneously with ray gary eaton okay he was also um uh, one of the songwriters mark walton and myself all right and uh we had to make our way back to LA <clears throat> and i had uh and nobody at the in the band knew it at the time but i had an offer to possibly do a tour with soul asylum so i had to be back at a certain time to meet um uh dave no to meet danny heaps okay uh, which was um the guy who was in charge of uh sold asylum at the time for nick wexler who was the big management company oh, okay <clears throat> and um as you know it was a jazz fest weekend it was the first weekend of jazz fest we had not played the grounds but we played two nights back to back at the howling wolf and then we played a third job where we backed up pat mclaughlin too at the warehouse cafe which is, there's quite a great picture from there, um, and then it was like a day off. That was a Sunday. It was a day off, and then we we took off driving on April twenty eighth, nineteen
0: ninety two. Wait, now you're in New Orleans already. I thought you drove from L. A. No. to
2: New Orleans. No, the the, the 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 big stuff happens on the way back. Okay, the but y'all had way... already
0: driven from L. A. to New yes, Orleans. Yes, correct. Okay. The drive then that was. That was without incident. You're saying, yeah, right? it, that was that was whole, it was pretty uneventful.
2: It was pretty uneventful, you know, mm-hmm. other than you know people fighting for the master bedroom because they wanted to relax. But uh, what are y'all yeah, traveling in? in, in this, we uh, we had rented we had rented a a pacer arrow. I believe it was called. It was like a big RV. Pace
0: Arrow, yes. I'm, I'm pace Arrow. With that, with that brand, yes. We used to yeah, do some okay. camping when I was a kid,
2: which I hated.
1: So are you like, taking too, right? turns driving the Winnebago?
2: Correct. You can go ahead and call it Winnebago if you can't say Pace. That's <laughs> it's uh,
1: more
0: or less the same deal.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a motorhome, right? It's a, mo- it's, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's a motorhome. Let's just call it an Airstream, then, for oh, crying oh, out loud. Oh, oh, but, well, yeah, Winnebago. yeah, yeah. We were taking turns driving. And
1: you, you, you tie Susan Cousill to the top of the motorhome?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, what year is this, Carlo? you helly- this, this is 92. 92. Okay. Yeah, 92.
2: Right. This is just Jazz Fest uh, weekend. We got down the first week of Jazz Fest. We didn't uh, really catch anything because there was no Thursdays then or in the second week. Jazz Fest was six-day event mm-hmm. at that time. And um, – and we just made it for the weekend, played a couple of shows, which is, you know, that was another thing, uh, you know, in L.A., although we were, you know, quite the qu- critics' darlings, we couldn't make any money there. And so I set this thing up telling the guys, hey, man, watch what happens when we get down there. And we played two sold-out nights, money hand over fists, and nice. And, you know, and then the, uh, the warehouse cafe, we made good change and... Everybody was—we all just dumbfounded. Like, what are we doing in LA? Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, I—I I hadn't made up my mind to move there, but I soon would. I would by the end of this story. To um, move to
0: move where to LA or back, move back, back to, to New, New Orleans?
2: Orleans. Back okay, because you'd Orleans. been
0: living in New Orleans and hanging out with that degenerate Manny Chevrolet out there,
2: right? Yeah, I mean I've been living in LA, you mean? Yeah. That's what I, I had to been. say. Living in yeah, LA. Seven seven yeah. years I did in LA. Okay. I did my time. Okay. I remember I, I actually took up golfing, a sport that I detest. Oh God. <laughs> only so I could only so I could go like hug a tree every once in a while. It was like See something green, okay. Yeah, see something green, grass, walking grass, because there's just none of it in LA. Okay.
1: I, I, I I don't believe that at all. There's tons of grass in
2: L.A. <laughs> but it's all in a potter, about four <laughs> feet up in the air, on the street side. You yeah. <laughs> and?
1: You know, it, it's all, yeah, it's all in a bong, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, go ahead. <clears throat>
2: okay. But
1: you were living in the valley, weren't you? You were living in Studio City for a I was in
2: time. Studio City Hills, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I so was, uh yeah
2: oh well i can't what manny what what is it uh, i can't do yeah you
1: can't yeah you're not that's not really la i mean it's la county but you were you know you were on the other side of the hill
2: well i had a little ivy in my backyard (laughs) you know the 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 bad kind that grows up the hill and kills all the good ivy
1: yeah her name is is doris right
2: yeah, <laughs> which made my neighbors really happy. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, man, you got to cut that back, or or or, or something." You but know? you
1: were you were with one of the best people back then too. You were with Iris, right?
2: Yeah, I was. I was. With Iris, yes, yeah,
1: yeah, she's a good person. Yeah, oh,
2: I gotta love Iris, Iris Barry. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, Iris, Iris Barry. Speaking of yes, because yeah. you know, our, our our listeners don't know all the last names of these people.
2: Yeah. Uh, Iris is a genius, and I love her.
0: Yeah, yes, you gotta um, get
2: her on the show at some point. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Yes, we'd love In to. In fact, when you get people like Vicky Peterson, you should do the whole month. So I don't know how they'd feel about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. We got to give them a break. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, to me the other day listening, it came on and then it went away. And I was like, what is this like a 15 minute podcast? And I was like, "No, It's like an hour and a half. So I. Uh, yeah, it well, that's good. A, that's a good. Uh, that's a that's a
0: good yeah, quality. Yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, All she's right, so gonna Let's, get back, it, let's
2: get back to this let's crazy to
0: story.
1: So, so you're in Jazz Fest with the Drifters.
2: Yeah. So we and played a show. you're going back
1: to LA, and you're wondering why you're going back to LA when they love you here in New Orleans. Yeah.
2: Okay. So here in he was,
1: New Orleans is a sucker born every minute, right? Okay, but, I'm gonna stay
2: on point here. Okay. Okay. So um, the night before we left, uh. Uh, my friend Lacey Williams, who um, was a bartender at Holland Wolf, and she was dating my friend John Grutch, um, came over to the house. And at some point, like 5 a.m., after a whole lot of partying, she's like, I got a final today. <laughs> and we, were, we were like, Oh my God. I'm like, Are you ready to take it? And she goes, Yeah, I got to study right now. And so she started studying. So it, eventually, we packed up the RV and we drove over to uh, UNO and dropped her off at school. Then I had to bring R.D. back to the house, which is John. I had to bring him back to the house, drop him in his car. Then I had to go round up the rest of the band, or the rest of the band that was making the journey, uh, down by on South Peters by The Holland Wolf. We were staying at the hotel right across the street. I don't know what the name of it is anymore. Right, right. But there's a hotel right there. So I pick them up, you know, and immediately everybody starts talking about, we want to eat here, we want to eat there, but I've got to get back to L.A. So I said, "Look, okay. this is going to be strictly business trip, man. We got to get going." I've made some sandwiches, which did not go over real good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're thinking about going to Mother's, and I'm I'm handing out the sandwich butter
1: sandwiches, right? Right,
2: right. New CEO special, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, hey, look, I went to Long Yard, I cut the crust off, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh. Everybody gets in the RV and they're like, come on, we want to see something. And I don't know what possessed me, but I used to, um, I used to have a house on Conti, 5128 Contai. And I'd say, well, I can show you something that you've really probably not seen in Los Angeles. It's a potter's field. It's an old black cemetery with wooden headstones. And somehow that intrigued them, you know they were like, "Wow, yeah, and um although it's fenced in now, back then it wasn't. You could just walk right in so uh we pulled up the r v at the at the graveyard, and uh, Dave catching uh, you know as well, I mean we were taking pictures under the beautiful oak trees with the moss falling and and Dave catching walked up to me. With, you know, like some chunks of, of a, you know, that came off of some of the concrete headstones, which are there's like, you know, 25 in the whole graveyard. Most of them are wood, and you can't read them anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look. And I'm like, Dave, go put that stuff right back where you found it. I said, I lived right there for years, and I've never picked anything up off the ground. Go put it back. He's like, oh, okay. So he, you know, hobbles off. And, um, you know, there's a grave digger out there, which I'm convinced is going to run us off. And um, big, big guy. And, and yes, the grave digger did not have a bulldozer. He had a shovel. Nice. And he, he walked over. He goes, y'all must be a band, huh? <laughs> and we're like, yeah. Will you take a picture with us? You know? So we take a picture with the grave digger. We small talk with him for a while. And we just, you know, meandering around the graveyard. And uh, after some time there, it's like, come on, guys, let's go. And Mark Walton's like on and on about how he thought it would be a good idea if we went by Garden of Memories, another graveyard, but it's for the, you know, it's a whole different vibe it's like a proper graveyard, right. uh, but that's where Graham Parsons is buried, Right, and he wanted, he wanted to take a piece of wax paper or whatever, etching paper, and go over there and lift a copy of the Graham Parsons. It was a little, at the time, it was a little round plaque that said Graham Parsons, and ironically, it had God's Own Single, which is a song he didn't write, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, on the on the little plaque so i agreed we're gonna stop there on the way out we take airline down so we go to garden of memories uh i'll walk them right to the grave because i grew up in that neighborhood that's my old neighborhood of old jefferson and mark gets busy etching in the uh uh you know the, the the gravestone and he gets a good copy of it It's like, okay, let's go. So we get in, we head up the I-10, and we take off. Now, I'm driving the first leg, okay? Um, Carlo. Yeah. Why don't we just pause
1: for a second? Because, Renee, I think we're at the point of the show where we need to do our little halftime bit.
0: You're reading my mind, man. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Okay, Carlo, before you get on the road, we're going to do what we usually do. Where the troubled nation knows to go get another libation and we're gonna do the same and when we come back we're gonna do our promos and we'll get back to your story, Carlo. Just hold that thought and Nation will be right back. Still
0: And we're back, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Carlo Nusio. Now, Carlo, I know you're an avid listener to the uh, Trouble Men podcast, so I know you're familiar with this product. But uh, Manny, why don't you go to go ahead and tell uh, any new listeners uh, about this terrific product?
1: To all you new listeners out there, I'm going to talk to you about the Velo Bar. Mm. The Velo Bar, people. This is a healthy protein bar that will fill you up and calm you down. It tastes great. And you know why it tastes great? Because it's got 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Yes! (laughs) A perfect dose to take the edge off whatever you're dealing with right now. And Carlo and Nation, we're all dealing with a lot of shit right now. Oh, man. And it's a stress relief bar, and the whole world's freaking out. The best thing about this bar, it's a plant-based protein bar. With health, healthy superfood ingredients, pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, chia seeds. It's a great breakfast bar. It's a great after workout bar or after working out in your yard, you know, doing the, the stuff uh, that you, everyone does down here in their yard. I just remember last week, I, I basically uh, chopped down every piece of uh, plant or tree that got frozen dead from that freeze we had last week. Right. Remember that freeze we had, yeah. I mean so oh, yeah. many so many things died in my backyard. I just I just I just put them out of their misery.
2: Really That's calmly. Something. You did it yeah. really calmly. I did it really
1: calmly with a velo bar. Yeah. Right. With a velo bar. And I laughed even. Doing it, okay. <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little giggle, I had a little chuckle <laughs> while I was doing it. As because I was you tar- your
0: machete, and you always a good mood when you have a <laughs> yeah. machete with
1: you. Yeah, exactly. And, it, <laughs> so you know, as I was as I was ripping them from the mother earth <laughs> <laughs> and putting them in, in a garbage dump, <laughs> it, it was it was. It was good times. It was good times. Sure, but sure. but let's get back to this beautiful bar. And you know what? I just opened one right now because I get them delivered to my door once a week. They're fabulous. I love that they come in two great flavors: dark chocolate and peanut butter. I'm a big dark chocolate fan. Always have been. Um, and right now, Carlo, and you know this. If you go to their website, VeloBarCBD.com, and use a troubled men one uh, five promo code. You can get fifteen percent off your order wow. and free ship. Free shipping, wow. Carlo. Free. free shipping, yeah, free. And I tell you, I just was uh, talking to the uh, the CEO of this company over the weekend, Renee. Mm-hmm. And uh, big stuff are going to happen soon. That's so what, that's should, what we keep hearing, yep. yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to happen soon. I can't give it out yet, but we're, we're it, it's going to happen soon. Not only the Velo Bar with the CBD. But other cookies and brownies yes. and, oh, uh, gonna be a uh, quiches and quiches.
0: Okay. going well, to but all right. Yeah, we're they're going to have quiches. Really all right.
1: Yeah, so they're really going all out. I can't right. let it out just yet because of things. But Trouble Nation, go Velo Bar, Trouble VeloBarCBD.com, TroubleBen15 promo code, get 50% off free shipping. You know the drill. Get it done, people. Have a good time. Get some stress relief. Nice. Nice.
0: And as always in the Troubled Men podcast, if you want to support the podcast directly, uh, help defray some of our operating costs, you can uh, jump on that PayPal link in the show notes or the Facebook page. And, uh, you know, uh, help support the podcast. And I want to give a shout out to a, a few people, Hearst uh, Katzen, our last guest, Jeffrey Clemens, and the fellow you just mentioned, Robert Rothman have all uh, contributed to uh, the support of the Troubled Men podcast this week. So uh, Real. Kudos, kudos to you gentlemen, very class move. All right. So back to our guest, uh, Mr. Carlo Nucio. Yeah. So you're
1: board. going back to LA, you left Graham Parsons tombstone, our web, our gravesite. Grave, right. Plaque. Yeah.
2: Yeah, plaque.
1: Well, you know, my wife and her sister every year for his birthday they go and throw a bunch of joints on his plaque.
2: Yeah, there's always a joint on it. If you're ever hard up, man, you can go out there and <laughs> get one. All right, good to know. Maybe a half a bottle of whiskey too, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but now that uh, now there's this big, huge rectangular plaque with his image. Yes. And. and uh and one of his song lyrics in its entirety on it so i guess emmy lou was down there and decided ah uh-uh, enough of this little round plaque oh okay all right class <sighs> it up
1: oh yeah right, so, you, so you get on airline highway going to onto the freeway right
2: yeah we get on the freeway and um i'm driving the first leg and it's pretty uneventful get into texas and um I don't know, somewhere after Katy, it's time to start looking for a little gas. And and everybody's like, oh, there's a gas station. I said, no, that's Shell gas. Well, I know you won't remember, but at that time, Shell was having a real issue with their gas, where there was some kind of muck in it. And in, in my car back in L.A., I had to twice change fuel filters because I used Shell gas. Okay. It, took, it took me a minute to figure out it was the gas, but I finally figured it out. <clears throat> so I said to the guys, look, under no circumstances do you put shell gas in this RV on the way back. I said, I don't care. Go to, you know, anything standard oil is it. Okay. Don't stay away from shell. Uh, I hope that's not one of your sponsors. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no, <you're laughs> why not? Safe. They sponsor everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Jazz Fest, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, so um, so I drive. I get gas. I don't know, Exxon or something. And I drive all the way to Katy, Texas. I mean, I drive all the way to Fort Stockton. We just passed out of Katy. And I'm exhausted, man. You know, I've been awake Pretty much all night. Then I drive that long run. So I'm ready to get some sleep. And uh, I leave them with the instructions. Okay, look, guys, no shell gas. I'm going to get some shut eye. When I wake up, I'll be ready to drive the rest of the way. I should be able to, you know, figuring I'd sleep six, seven hours. Uh Everybody's like, fine, fine. So uh, uh, I go to sleep. I don't know how long I was asleep, and the next thing I you know is you're in, in Mexico. No, we're stopped. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a good thing, man. <laughs> I was in a bathtub full of ice, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, your is, can, can is you, missing. Yeah, and there were ping pong balls flying over my head. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: so, wait a minute. Let me ask you. So you go take some shut eye. Yeah, and who who takes over driving? Gary Eaton. You know?
2: Gary, Gary Eaton took over here. driving. All
1: right.
2: And uh, so I, I I'm sleeping. I don't know how long, but I sensed that the van had stopped or the RV had stopped, and uh, and then I heard somebody like tiptoeing, being really quiet over me, and they go, "Carlo, something's wrong with the RV," and I go, <laughs> "What?" They said, "I don't know. We are hitting the gas, but it just won't go anywhere." And I get up, and I go up front, and I start the engine. It starts fine, and I hit the gas, and I and I just stopped, and I closed my eyes, and I went, "Who the fuck put shell gas in this goddamn?" <laughs> <hole?">
1: <laughs>
2: and Gary goes. Man, look, it said next gas 25 miles. It was the <laughs> only thing there. And I was like, I was like, so you wrote it down to the end? Right, and then right, you right. put shell gas in? <laughs> you son of a bitch. I was losing my mind. <laughs> so I'm like, give me the toolbox, which we. Actually, it was amazing because Mark, when we were going to leave L.A., he said, I'm going to bring the toolbox. I said, we shouldn't need it. We got like record service with this thing and Mm -hmm. all. He goes, no, I should bring it. Mm -hmm. So good thing he did. Right. So getting to the motor was a pain in the ass. It was like, you know, kind of in the front. And, you know, I'm looking at the carburetor. I'm trying to find where the fuel filter is. Because, like as I said, I had this happen twice on my car, and it was giving me all the symptoms of a fuel filter. Uh, Well, finally, I'm chasing the thing all the way to the tank, this big, thick line. Mm -hmm. And there it is. But it's like three inches around and about two and a half inches wide. But Uh I found the fuel filter. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? We don't have another one. I said, what I'm going to do is take it out, and we're going to clean it and put it back in. Right. So now, no gas is getting past this fuel filter, but the vehicle is trying. I put a wrench on the front of the fuel filter, a wrench on the back, and I turn one time, and this hideous noise happens, and gas just sprays everywhere. Covers me head to toe. Oh, God. Because of the vacuum the back pressure. Right. Is this uh,
1: during the day or at night? This is night.
2: Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's nighttime. <laughs> and I'm looking at and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I got oil, gas, no shower. And you need a cigarette, you know. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so... I take the fuel filter out, I put it in my mouth, and I'm going, (sighs) I'm blowing through it. Because at this point, who cares, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm blowing through it, and I I finally blow one time, and I remember it kind of cleared up. And I said, okay, it's clear. And I put it back in, and the RV starts right up. I give it some gas. It revs right up. And I said, okay, guys. I'm going to try this again. I said, the first gas station you see, go there and get a fuel filter. Full service. We need a fuel filter. Do not stop at a shell. (laughs) Right. Get a freaking fuel filter and have them put it in, and I'll charge it to the RV company. Well, I go back to sleep. Um. I guess it's like, you know, however long, maybe a couple of hours I'm sleeping, and I hear the RV pull over. I feel it pull over, and I open my eyes, and I look out the window, and it's a gas station. Full service. And I go, thank God, and I go back to sleep. Well, a couple of hours goes by. Now I'm ready to get up. I'm kind of half awake, and I hear the rv kind of struggling to get up a hill and i just kept my eyes closed like this isn't happening you know? <laughs> this isn't happening and next thing you know we're on the side of the road and this time it's susan and gary standing over me and they're like carlo um the rv's not not moving and i said what do you what do you mean Uh, and they're like well it's kind of the same symptom as before i said fuel filter you didn't have him put a fuel filter in and gary immediately starts going the guy said it wasn't a fuel filter he said it wasn't a fuel filter it definitely wasn't a fuel filter but he did show me on the tire where we have like a busted bearing and i'm like Looking Uh. at him in horror, going, you stupid (laughs) son of a bitch. I'm like, that's what they do. They try to sell you all kind of stuff. This is Texas and and Arizona now, wherever the hell we are. I said, they're trying to rip you off, man. And I Uh. went out and he shows me, he goes, no, look, there's oil on the tire. And it was the most ridiculous display of somebody trying to rip somebody off, because the oil was only on the tire. It wasn't on the rim. It wasn't on the uh, the, the bearing packing. It wasn't uh-huh. in the, anywhere else but on the tire. I'm like, oh, yeah, you bid on this, huh? You fool. I said, did you get more shell gas? They're like, no, we're not finished the other tank. I'm like, where are we? <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs>
2: where are we? So... I and now you're out. in
1: Canada, yeah. You're probably in Canada. <laughs> so I take
2: it out again, blow through it. It works again. I put it back in. Of course, yeah, I get more gas on me, and um, <laughs> and I put it back in after I get some pressure released. I said, "Now, motherfuckers!" Oh, we were in Arizona because I said, "Stop at the first pet Boys." Get it, and they weren't here yet. They weren't anywhere right. around here. I said, "Get." It. A fuel filter. I wrote the number down because I had it off. I said, Get that fuel filter and let me know when you got it. So well, let me ask you
1: by, by then, you're still trusting them to right, do the right exactly. thing? Thinking, man. <laughs> I've been thinking that for 10 minutes.
2: You're
0: very, very confident in these people in spite of all the evidence.
2: <laughs> well, well, anyhow, I never did get back to you, sleep. You wanted your
1: sleep. I I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. You wanted your sleep. I never did after- get
2: back to sleep. So I went up yeah. front, and Dave was driving now. So I sat next to Dave, and I said, "You know, we we were all looking for a pet boys." And I'm like, "Oh God, here we go, pet boys." Pull in there, you know. I go in. I get the fuel filter. I come out, and they go, you going to put it on now?" I said, "Well, it's working now." You know, I said, let's just wait till it stops, and it will stop. Right. Let's wait till it stops, and I'll do it again. Well, we drive on, and uh, I don't know. I guess I smoked a bunch of pot, drank a bunch of beers, because now I'm not driving anymore. I've I've gone above and beyond, and uh, I fall back asleep, and I feel the RV slowing down. I hear that kind of wind. And uh, I wake up this time, it's Dave. And Dave goes, Carlo. I said, it's okay, it's okay, we got a fuel filter. He goes, man, you're not going to like it. (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He goes, come see. And I walk up to the front. And we're at, at this gas station, and it's got the only light at this closed gas station. Now it's night. The only light is way off from the gas station. And, of course, you need light to see, you know, while changing the fuel filter. We're in Blythe, California. And it turns out that in April, in Blythe, California, there's this bug thing that happens. And they're attracted to the light. And they were literally, it was literally like something out of, uh, oh man, like a, out of a movie, of the
1: Locusts or something. Oh yeah. my god,
2: it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they they look; they were like all kinds. They looked yeah. like those those thick ass cockroaches, and right. they were walking on top of each other. And they seemed to be about an inch thick off the ground, maybe two. And it's I'm like, oh plagues. Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you know, I got to go lay down in this shit, you know. <laughs> You know, it was, I was horrified and like everybody, you know, the girls I can understand went to the back, you know, Gary goes to the back. And I just went, yeah, that's what I thought. You candy ass. I said, <laughs> I said, you know, give me towels, towels. I need towels. And they're grabbing all the towels from the RV. And I said, somebody's going to have to come out there and, and knock these things off of me while I'm doing this. Oh I, 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 and Dave goes, I'll go, man. I'll go. And I go, Gary, I need two people because that son of a bitch was sure enough going out there. He put the shell gas in it. I was making sure he had the scan of those beetles. Right. So he comes outside. Dave comes outside and Dave's jumping and swinging the towel and hitting him. I was, from the time I laid down on the ground to the time I was covered. In these roaches, or whatever they were, was like eight seconds. Oh,
0: they were they're just everywhere. everywhere.
2: They're covering yeah. every square they're inch. Climbing in my ears, trying to get in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm blowing snot out of my nose, trying to keep them out of my nose. <laughs> they were in my hair. <laughs> and I'm screaming like a little girl. Ah! Ah! And I'm undoing the fuel filter. And psh, it goes in. It blows gas everywhere. Didn't phase the bugs at all. I just unscrew it. I'm unscrewing. I'm unscrewing. I get the filter off. I grab the new filter. I can't get it out of the pack. I finally rip open the pack, and I got it in my hand, and I drop it in the bugs, and it goes away, and I can't find it. I, I reach oh, my hand God. into the bugs, and I pull it out, and I stick it on the thing. I start turning it as best I can, and I'm tightening, tightening, tightening. And I look out, and Gary's gone. He's back in the, he's back in the RV and poor Dave's jumping up and hitting himself with the towel. He gave up on me. You know, but at least he stayed there. And then he starts hitting me. I'm like, me, hit me, get him yeah. off of me. And and then finally I got it on. I stand up. I'm circling. We run out away from the light. And you know, I'm like, knock 'em off, knock 'em off. They're in my shirt. I'm taking my shirt off, my pants down. I'm just uh, anything. Right. And we get Pockets. them all off. <laughs> we get them yes. all off, and and I uh, tell them, pull the RV over here. God damn it! I'm not walking back in those things. And the RV comes moving out, and I get in, and I was just as I am right now from telling the story. Oh my god I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I and I'm telling you the next hour of the ride, you know, Mark Walton sitting there, Gary sitting there, Dave sitting there, Vicky sitting there, I'm driving, and it was silence. (laughs) (laughs) We were time to digest what had just happened.
0: We had no idea. (laughs) Trauma, a trauma that everyone was trying to process. You were like,
1: it was like Fitzcarraldo going over the Amazon mountains and stuff like that. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. But
2: but guys, the story's just beginning. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So Blythe, where's Blythe? Blythe is in like, is in... in it's, it's a couple it's, of
2: hours or an hour away from Palm Springs.
1: Okay, that's where I thought. Yeah, East so you're side. going... So yeah, you're, you're going close.
2: down the you're, You've yeah. got a lot. Yeah, well, we're getting there. right yeah, we're getting there.
0: You can taste it almost.
2: Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Well, um, you know, when the silence was still ongoing, mm-hmm. you know, being the mouth I am, <laughs> I I just started talking to myself. I'm like, they're going to pay. Those motherfuckers with the RV, they're going to pay for giving me this motherfucking RV like it's the RV's fault, right? It's right, not the right, gas right, fault. Right, 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 You're talking like,
0: yourself into a into yeah, the whole I'm
2: approach. Like, I'm like, you're, we're going to stop. <laughs> stop. We're going to stop. We're going to get a fucking receipt pad, and I'm going to fucking charge them for towing to a gas station. I'm going to say they had to tow every fucking mile. I paid out of my pocket. Okay. Um, <laughs> a little larceny creeps in. We stop and Mark, Mark's like, Man, don't stop. I got a receipt pad at home. We'll grab it and I'll get, you know, you can do what you want to do and I'll let you go back into the RV place because I ain't doing it. This is dishonest. I'm like, Oh, man, fuck you. You know, you were sitting, <laughs> yeah. in, the bu- You're sitting in the RV with the girls while I'm out there with fucking bugs up my shirt. I earned this fucking money. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> well,. Um we get back to LA. We stop at the house. We gotta get the RV back in time because we told them what time we're gonna be back roughly. And you gotta get it kind of close. So I write out the receipt. It's one of those receipt pads, no heading, nothing. You know? Uh
0: okay.
2: And and I just wrote it out and I wrote at the top such and such toe. And then I wrote another one on the same kind of receipt. Such and such service station. I didn't care. They were gonna right. take this shit from me. You understand? Sure.
1: Well yeah, you so we gotta
2: try- Yeah, your car lot. Yeah. So you
0: could you know, you could write it on a on a on a the inside of a you know napkin and they would have taken it.
2: Right. So as I pointed out, we're back in like the Hollywood area. We have to drive all the way back out past Eagle Rock to oh, get God. this done. So, you know, I'm following Mark in my car or something. And we go out there and I get out of my car. I got the receipts and I walk in and I go, hey, man, I go in hot headed. I go in hot. I go, hey, man, that piece of shit broke down. But you know, Like, uh, calm down, sir. Just tell us. I said it broke down. I said we exceeded the mileage. I You know, the, 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 the tow mileage you said we can have free, but you're paying for it, buddy. And by the time it was over, I think for that whole week of the RV, we only paid like 200 and something dollars. Oh, nice. It it totally went over. They were apologetic and, you know, refunded my money or Mark's money because I didn't have shit. It was on Mark's credit card. And uh, so we made a little more money on the trip. So I get back to the house. I take my shower because now I've got to go meet Danny Heaps.
1: Uh, with, with Soul the, Asylum, right?
2: Yeah, with, Asylum, the, yeah. with the neck, Nick Wexler outfit, right? Yeah. So he invited me to a show and never heard of the guy. His name was Chris Whitley, okay? Okay. And he's playing at the Palace Theater. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay? So I get dressed, you know, um, cleaned up. It's about... You know, at this point, it's about six o'clock at night, and boom, I'm out the door because I heard they had food, right? And when you're like living like I was there, you need food. Yeah, well, you uh, up so we burned so drive much
0: calories on the, on that trip, man. Jesus Christ, you must have worked up uh, an appetite with all that.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I hear those bugs are good in protein, though. Well, that's bugs. what I hear.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Protein. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, <laughs> yeah.
2: actually kosher, believe it or not. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, Manny In April. I know where you can get all you want. <laughs> okay. <well>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, so I get dressed and Mark and I head over there. I don't know what happened to Mark as the night went on. I think he might've had something else to do, <clears throat> but, uh, I know I was there alone in my car. Well, we're waiting for this Chris Whitley guy. I'm talking to, to Nick Wexler, you know, which I was just totally blown away to meet. And uh, Danny Heaps is being really nice. And and they got this big, huge bowl of prawn, you know, like big as your fist. And, man, I can't pull myself away from it. I'm just eating so many shrimp and dipping it in cocktail sauce. I didn't want anything else. I didn't want anything meat. I just wanted those shrimp. You know? In fact, I ended up taking some home. <laughs> Pocketing <laughs> some, some shrimp? Yeah, because of what happens next. Okay. All right? So, at the time, Paul Cutler from 45 Grave,
1: right. sure,
2: his girlfriend is selling merch at the door, at the palace, all the palace merch, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I go downstairs, I get a beefeater, and I start observing. There's like, you know, what, 800 people there at first? It's a private party. Then there's 700, and the guy's only been on stage for like three songs. Then 600, then 500, then 400, I'm like, man, fuck this. I go right up to the front of the stage. This guy's killing me. He's, he's fucking singing my song, man. I fucking love this band, right?
3: Uh-huh. And I'm
2: standing up there rocking, and I look around, and there's like five of us in the whole fucking club. <laughs> what the fuck? And I walk to the front, and I go, said to the bartender, I said, uh, can I have a beefy to chill, very dry martini? chilled very dry, two olives, no dirt, passes cork with the vermouth over the top, and uh, that'll be it. And Ronald looks at me and goes, Carlo, pick up the phone. Paul wants to talk to you. I said, what the fuck is Paul calling me at the bar for? You know? And I pick up the phone, I go, hey dude, what's happening? He goes, Carlo, you gotta make sure Ronald gets home safe. And I went, what, is she in jeopardy or something? I said, what's the matter, man? He goes, you don't know? I said, what? He goes, go outside and look down the hill. And I walk outside and I look down the hill. And it looked like all of L.A. was on fire.
1: Oh, the riot started, right?
2: And I ran back to the phone. I said, how did this happen? What's going on? He goes, the Rodney King cops verdict, uh, verdict mm, yeah. just came yeah. back in. Oh, wow. they acquitted him yeah and i'm like
1: oh dude
2: i'm like fuck how do i get to your house he goes just go around the long way come in the back way because he's over in silver lake yes and i'm like oh my god and i'm like rana i'm here to, uh, he told me to tell you to leave your car we go you know we just go so, you know, I thought he was
1: going to say that everyone left because you smelled like gasoline.
2: No, no I, was, I was all shined up at that point.
1: <laughs> all
0: right. Good, good. You finally so, got to take a shower.
2: Thank God you earned it. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, did I love that shower, too? <laughs> well, so, you know, eventually the doors are closed. Rana and I are making our way. And, man, it's chaos on the streets, man. You know, you don't know what's happening. Holy cow.
1: Dude, yeah, I remember that night. I remember that night. I was, um, I was, um, you know, doing the tar and all that stuff, and so you were
0: feeling relaxed in spite of everything. Well, no, yeah, I was
1: feeling relaxed, but I had, I was living in Echo Park at that time with Modi, <laughs> Modi Frank. Remember okay. Modi? Uh huh. Yeah, I was living with Modi. Me and her were sharing a house up in the Echo Park Hills, and. And That's still, actually
2: where I was going. I said Silver Lake. I was not going to Silver Lake. I was going to Echo Park.
1: Yeah. Okay. And we were living. In, our, our neighbor was Beck. Beck was our neighbor. Uh-huh.
0: Really.
1: But he was he was trying to get on a plane because he was going to go tour Australia because he had booked his, his you know because he was huge then
2: he was going to you he know, was tour. still playing <laughs> Yeah Yeah. <laughs>
0: Still couldn't make any money in L.A. Who, who wasn't? Who wasn't right. still playing Roger?
1: Who wasn't right. still playing Roger? But right. I was trying. Carlo, I, 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 went down to you know the uh, Alvarado chicken stand, and I got, <laughs> I got my what I could, what I could, and I tried to get back to uh, my house in Echo Park Hills, and it took me. I mean, L.A. was a fucking fortress. I mean, they closed everything down at like nine o'clock you weren't home at by 9 o'clock p.m., you were fucked in many ways, especially if you're dope fiends and stuff like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But so go ahead with your story. So okay. you, you're, your friend's telling you to take his girl home?
2: Yeah. He said, leave, leave her car there and just get her home. So I got to get, get over there to Echo Park, and I got to get all the way back to the valley. And it was not easy. You know, they would, you know, at one point they started detouring you off of Western because they were burning shit down on Western. And, you know, it was just nutty. And um, I finally got her there, got, you know, said hi to Paul and bye to Paul. I said, man, I got to get out of this mess. So I, I headed home. And uh, I got home and uh, my buddy Rob Stinnick came over and we we watched on tv for a while i finally went to sleep real late now here comes uh here comes the end of the story so the next day i was playing with keith morris too in a band called bug lamp
1: yeah bug lamp uh, sure
2: and that we had been commissioned to do a song for the alice cooper tribute record which we couldn't get done the next day, the next day, or the next day. So I ended up at home with nothing to do and the curfew was being imposed and I get a call from Dave. And Dave goes, Hey Carlo, man, fucking crazy, huh? I'm, I'm like I'm like, Yeah, it's fucking crazy. He goes, You're at home? I'm like, Yeah, he goes, You want to smoke a joint? I'm like, Yeah, sure. So he comes over and uh We light up the joint, we're sitting down on my couch, and he looks at me He goes, Carlo, man, so what? He stands up, sticks his hand in his pocket, and he pulls out all those stones from the graveyard. Uh
3: Oh. Uh I
2: said, you motherfucker, you caused all of this. You caused the <laughs> fucking hard plague. You p- caused the fuel filter. You caused the riots. You caused it all. I said, I don't care what you got to do, but you get those rocks back to the goddamn graveyard. And in the end, he did. Eventually, he did. <laughs> oh jeez. So that's that's the story of the Vatican. And oh, yes, man. I was I was named the Pope. Because okay. even on the best of days, my temperament wasn't the best back then.
0: Yeah, no, we yeah we remember that, Carlo. Yeah, yeah, it's not the best now,
2: you know. But but no, you now no, you're Carlo,
0: yeah. so we forgive yeah. you.
2: You take a you know you take a fuel filter throw that into the mix, <laughs> some cockroaches, <laughs> some cockroaches that I'm convinced wouldn't die with a slash from a hammer. Uh, right. You know, a, a little riot.
1: So, so, so so okay, so
2: biblical, he, man. He,
1: he ended yeah. up actually taking them back to New Orleans, what, 10 years later? Or no, I don't five? think
2: it was 10 years later. I mean, yeah, he that was haste. when it – Yeah, yeah. That was – I mean, like, a lot of the people that he still knows and hangs with in New Orleans, he met on that trip, like Jim yeah. Ford and, Sue, and like a, a, a hell of a bunch of people. Right, right. <laughs> and that started his love affair for New Orleans. So he started coming here okay. quite regularly. Now he owns property here, you know, like oh, Portside yeah, yeah, yeah. Lounge he's, and all of that. Yeah, he's, he's well dug
0: in. It's, well, it's like that, that, uh, that Greg Brady episode from uh, in Hawaii, right, where he takes the tiki idol and then uh, then something, you know, all these bad things start happening. It's kind of that kind of thing.
2: Dude, you know I, you know I'm not a god fearing man, but I fear the universe, and I don't wish to mess with any dead people, especially. I think you know this Potter's field I'm talking about. It's sure, it's, yes, it's back there by Navarre and all of that. Yeah, no, I back. know exactly where you're talking about. Yes, yeah, and it's, it's the it's, one. Is
1: it over by Susan Spicer's restaurant? It's, yes, Stale? it's very
0: close to there. Yes, it's right yeah, there.
1: Yeah, I know That's what right. you're talking about. Well, yeah. you know, like, uh, the worst roads ever. They
2: got like, they put yeah. Christmas lights on the graves. They yeah, put Christmas, Christmas lights during Christmas hooked up to batteries, you know, like, it's yeah, nothing well, but know. drug big, you know, gangster drug dealers and stuff like that in there.
1: So, Carlo, let me, let, me, let me ask you something. I mean, you were in L.A., you're from here. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, people I know. I talked to my wife, people I know. And I'm looking at my life. I'm 57 years old right now. I'm looking back at my life. And growing up in L.A., I've lived through earthquakes, uh, mudslides, mm-hmm. firestorms, riots. Mm-hmm. And now I've lived in New Orleans, I've lived through hurricanes. Mm-hmm uh pandemics
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and and, and I, I gotta write my book i guess I, I guess i gotta write a book about this yeah because yeah. because i don't i i was telling my wife because because no one can predict an earthquake did you when you were in la did you ever live through an earthquake October 1st baby yeah okay October 1st yeah okay which was, a, it was a good one. It wasn't a big one. It was a good one.
0: Well, but, my neighborhood. <laughs> What's the difference?
1: Well, the difference is uh, you survive and you don't. <laughs> That's oh, okay. the difference. All right, all right. right. Yeah. Got you. The,
0: Got you. Difference <laughs> you have,
1: the difference is you have broken dishes or uh, uh, your foundation of your house is gone,
2: broken. Well, no, check this, right, check right, this right, out, right, right. Manny. I was there three days when a big mudslide happened, and I thought yeah. that's just the way it was. And people yeah. are like, "No, man, this is like you know, this is crazy." And then, and then I had this cat. I didn't know how to sex a cat. It was a boy cat, but I named it Audrey. You know, and Audrey became Audrey the alien. So one night, the cat would sleep on my chest, and I hated it because I'm allergic to cats, but I only took the cat on because my roommate's cat had knocked up another cat, and she just walked up to me and went, here, Spock, Joanna Spock-Dean. She goes, here, you're now a cat owner. And I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck. So anyhow, the, uh, the night of October 1st, this cat that always was next to me and it, and it had scratched me a couple of times and I got real infected, you know. Well, this cat t- took a swipe at my chest and, and I just went, you motherfucker. And I have like one of those little doors that had like in Wizard of Oz, you know, how they open the whole door, a little round hole.
1: Yes, I grabbed
2: right. that cat. I opened that hole, and I threw that cat out of the hole. <laughs> and I was like, "You motherfucker!" And the whole fucking room starts shaking. And the Highway uh, sixty-six revisited, or sixty-one revisited. The Bob Dylan poster I had on the wall by the right, couch right,
0: right, right, right. 61, falls yeah.
2: off, falls off, and breaks across yeah. the couch where I yeah. was just lying. So naturally, I grabbed the cat food and I'm outside going, here, kitty, kitty, I'm okay. sorry. Cat,
0: cat saved you. All right. All it's right. Very good. It. I like that. I well, like that, that turn at the end.
1: You mm-hmm. know, the thing is, Carlos, like I grew up with earthquakes very young. I was bounced off the top bunk bed and thrown clear across the room onto the floor. And then- uh, with months. Yeah, 71 earthquakes, 71. Oh, 71, okay. Yeah, and then we talked about it with Vicky uh, a few weeks ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like, you know, as I got a little older, I was like 9, 10 years old. I got older, and there was more earthquakes, and I got kind of used to them because they were just like, okay, this one didn't do shit to me. This one didn't do shit to me.
2: A couple of nights after October 1st, Billy rock pile fame, Lulu and the mm-hmm. lovers, um, sure We sure. were over at my buddy's house, and we were yucking up a whole mess of cocaine, right? And <laughs> okay. an aftershock an aftershock hits. I look up, and the Venetian blinds are all jumping. It's like three in the morning. So me and the other guy I can't say his name because he's the guy who had it We run out of the door. And we're standing outside, we pick up the football, we start throwing it. Now, I'm one of these sadistic guys that want more. I'm like, don't <laughs> stop now, you know. Keep rolling, man. Well, we're outside about 20 I've minutes talking. you like that, Carlo. <laughs> we're outside talking to the neighbors for about 20 minutes throwing the football, and suddenly I say, where's Billy? And we walk back in the house, and Billy's sitting there with his... Wee Monty in his hand, which he referred to his Budweiser's as Wee Monty's. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, where the fuck y'all go? <laughs> he had no idea that it had even happened right right he was, <laughs> like the room had been spinning for him long before the aftershock. sure shot. sure
0: well there you go <laughs> he was uh he was preemptive in his uh you know his, his whole well, self medication. god
1: I, I thought carlo i thought you were going to say that the earth opened up for a second and closed and all he saw was his hand
2: well that would be in keeping with the Vatican story right,
0: right yeah, yeah, now that would have been a twist, but that's it's, a, it's, a, it's a very
2: Stephen King. Kind by of the part. way, the Vatican name was what we gave uh, the R v later when the song started coming, uh, Vicky wrote one, Gary wrote one all about that trip because man, it was memorable. Nice. Did man. you write one, though? Hell no. I wanted to get as far away from that. As <laughs> You're trying it's to possible. forget
1: it. You
0: didn't want to memorialize <laughs> yeah. it. You yeah, man. Hell get with PTSD that. PTSD from it, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm still, like, reeling.
0: You know, I can feel the the sense memory when you when you were uh, you know the the part where the, the roaches are all over you. That, that was particularly visceral.
2: <laughs> oh my God! It, you know, all you're doing is constantly breathing out through your nose and keeping your mouth shut because they're trying to crawl up your nose.
0: No, no, I've I've been in that situation, so I can I can relate. But uh, it's horrifying. Cow, what a what a terrific! It is horrifying, but uh, somehow somehow liberating.
1: Mm -hmm. But, Carlo, I think uh, uh, looking back on that trip, you should have never let anyone drive except you.
2: Well, I should have definitely uh, been the one putting the gas in. Right, right,
1: right. Or just smoking as much crack as possible (laughs) to just drive nonstop to L.A. Hindsight you know. is
0: twenty twenty, so that's uh, you know now we now we know right right
1: yeah all right well listen it's been a great show I think it's time isn't it Renee absolutely terrific show yeah. and
0: yes we're we're definitely there and Carlo thank you so much uh, you know we it, it, you know holy cow that that, that did not disappoint
2: yes uh, uh, yeah I love you guys man thank you for having oh me you on. too right. man say hello to your lovely wife
1: for us I sure will. As we always say uh, uh, on the nation, the, the tr- trouble never ends, Renee.
0: But the struggle continues.
1: Good night.
3: You said it from New York, with a tear in your eye. You said it from a pay phone, I say it wasn't a lie. Cause you said it with a deaf I heard it that way too. And even the color blind know oh, it's black from white, oh. expect me to ease you see if such an injustice given away with feel I guess 't lie cause you said it wasn't there fox and I'm sure I heard it true and even the colorblind know about you I uh, girl